Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The DVC Show, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Paul Krieger. Hey, everybody. Amy Krieger. Hello. From DVC Resale Market. Yes. Dot com. <laughs> uh, Marissa Valaton. Hello, hello. Uh, our producer, back in the nook, Mr. Panda. Hello there. Um, and just a reminder, this show, along with all the DVC content we produce, Brought to you by the world of DVC. That includes DVCresalemarket.com, where you can buy a DVC contract for a lot less than you're going to pay if you go direct. Um, DVCrentalstore.com, if you'd like to rent out your points, or if you want to rent points to try DVC before you buy. A lot cheaper than going through Disney Direct. A lot cheaper. Great way to save money. on a, a, Even if you're not interested in DVC. It's a great way to save money uh, on your next Disney vacation. And of course, the crack dealers of the DVC world, MoneraFinancial.com, where Amy works and they will finance your DVC resale purchase and basically just say yes. They'll just say yes. Okay. <laughs> Don't have to worry about anything. They'll just say yes. That's why I call them crack dealers, because the barrier to entry with Monero Financial is non-existent, mm-hmm. um, is pretty much non-existent. So those are our sponsors. If you like our content, please show your support by patronizing our, uh, our, our, our wonderful sponsors. Okay, so this week, I um, want to talk about some of the news that has been coming up, because there's been a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of it. Let's start with um, the villas at Disneyland Hotel. They uh, released, uh, they're, they're now on sale. Now on sale for members, adding on points, correct? Yep. Uh, as of yesterday. So. And, um, you know, uh, met with surprise and shock, I would say, uh, on the pricing. Yeah. Um, 230 a point, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But devil's in the details. There's a transient tax of 273 per point, which is ridiculously high. And when I say a transient tax, that means when you use your points to stay at the Disneyland uh, villas, um, when you check out, you will have a bill. And that bill will be $2.73, right? This is, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. $2.73 for every point you spend on that. That's the 2023 rate. That's what it is in yeah. 2023. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, um, for those of you who follow uh, our show, you might remember years ago, before Josh Tomorrow became the uh, chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, he was president of Disneyland, and he was brought in there specifically to uh, help negotiate with the Anaheim City Council because his predecessor had kind of screwed that relationship up, and the City Council was kind of fed up with Disney. And one of the things Josh did, which at the time was a brilliant political move, was telling the city of Anaheim, we don't want any special consideration anymore. And, oh, the city of Anaheim was like, <laughs> okay. Well, now we're seeing the and, – and, you know, repaired the relationship, you know, at the time. At the time, considered a brilliant political move. Now, 
DVC members in this particular moment may not think so because that transient tax that you're looking at is a direct result yeah. of that decision. Um, now Disney has to pay on any of their new stuff. They have to pay more. And this tax is part of that, which of course Disney's not paying. You are. Um, and so the pricing at, you know, um, 230 a point was met with, I think, a good reaction that was mm -hmm. lower yeah. than we thought it, thought it was going to be. But that transient tax. What's the transient tax at Alani? Do we know? Alani, I don't know. I know that – so uh, Grand Californian also has a transient tax. But it's but built it's into the dues. Baked into the dues. And it's around, I think, like 55 cents per point. Yeah. So that's what really – a lot of people have asked about that too. Is Grand Californian going to go up now? That's sort of baked in. My understanding is that's sort of baked into the older rules before uh, DeMauro made that agreement and sort of voided right. any consideration or anything like that. So Grand Cal is going to stay at that lower rate baked in at, at like 55 cents. And now we're going to see – this new giant rate. And that's that's on top of the annual dues, too, which are also kind of astronomical at, at Disneyland Hotel, comparatively speaking. Mm -hmm. It's uh, at nine, I think it's like $9.06 a point wow. for 2023. So mm -hmm. some hefty annual dues for that resort as well, um, which is surprising. Normally, we see things at like Riviera. They've historically had very low dues since they it's been actively. Low. Yeah. So like the, the annual dues for a current selling property, normally they just keep them keep them lower try to bide their time before they crank them up a little bit um and they need to do some work on the property or something but um crazy to see that we did get incentives that came out yesterday um for the tower as well that's going to drop these prices somewhere in the range depending on how many points you are looking to buy somewhere anywhere from like 215 to 207 per point mm -hmm. so that like any any dvc uh new DVC that comes on sale, there's going to be incentives to do that uh, and purchase early. Normally, these are the best incentives we will see for a new property. I think the most interesting factor is the Magical Beginnings promotion that they've actually just done, which kind of snuck up on me, and we've only kind of learned about it within the past 24 hours. Uh, we knew about Magical Beginnings before. Essentially, this was if you bought a new DVC contract and you weren't going to use that year's, of that year's allotment of points... Uh, DVC would buy them back, so essentially buy back those points, not give them to you as part of that closing, and take that money and apply it towards your purchase. Well, for Disneyland Hotel, that price has been bumped up all the way to $22 per point. Wow. Which significantly undercuts the price per point for this tower. Sure. So they're kind of getting into the range. And I pulled up on Disboards a little bit ago, um, someone that had a Disney Visa, which gives you a $1,200 discount. But they bought 200 points. They have a Disney Visa, which gives you like a $1,250 discount. Um, they did the Magical Beginnings, which gives you the, the, the $22 per point. Any, everything wrapped down together, he got his price per point down to $168.75 per point <sighs> for the new... Disneyland Hotel Tower, wow. which is, you know, if you bundle these deals, then yeah. you can really package that down. And I have to imagine that's partly in response to the transient tax and the negative press and the negative response yeah. that they were getting from that. Yeah, that it's going to be a headwind for them in selling these. Like I said, mm -hmm. right now, as we're recording this on sale with existing members. Yeah. And when does it open up to uh, general public? I believe it is May 30th. I uh, just moved around, moved away from that screen. Um 
May 16th. Oh, May 16th. Okay. No, wait. That's bookings. I'm all over the place. May 30th. I was right the first time. <laughs> May 2nd for current members, which is past. May 30th for new members. Oh, he's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. Um, I, now, I took a look at the Alani, because you had asked the price per point for Alani transient taxes. It's really hard to find the 2023 chart. Uh, so I went back to the 2022 chart. I compared it to the point charts and did the math. And I came out to around 57 cents per point. Uh, in 2022 for Alani transient tax. I think a big difference for Alani, though, is that Oahu, the transient tax is 3%, and for the state of Anaheim, it's 15%. Um, so that could be you know, part of the difference there. But And that's on cash bookings too, right? Yes. Yeah, so and so are is, there certain hotels in Anaheim that will have that and then ones that don't? Yeah, so like, they're actually baked into the hotel price per night. Right? Yeah. You don't really see it. Yeah. So it's more of an optics thing for a lot of people. You know what I mean? It just, when you're a DVC member and you like checking out and not having that bill. Um, and Alani feels a little different because we're going to Alani. It just feels a little more exotic, you know, than going to Disneyland. But I think it's, it's more optics. Cause if you really do the math, there are some, some really well-educated people in the DVC fan community that have, have kind of worked out the math and said, okay, if I own this for 50 years, even at like, 20 30 years or so um even you know with some increased taxes and some increased dues it still works out that i'm paying less than like 14 dollars a point in the long run um so the value is there and that was just at 230 a point so you know you get it for 160 something a point yeah the value is there yeah but you know the optics and how it looks and how it feels when you have to pay those taxes when you check out now as we mentioned before uh, the transient tax for Grand Californian is already baked in mm-hmm. to the annual dues. Why didn't they do that here? Any idea? It would have made the dues so high. I don't know if they're willing to take it. <laughs> I don't I know. I don't know what yeah. optics look worse. Like coming in at like $11 per point on dues or like having that kind of like in the small print. Well, and Grand Cal is paying around 50, some, what, 51 cents or something a mm-hmm. point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know that the agreed upon, what was agreed upon then that was acceptable with the city mm. of Anaheim is the same thing that, that is able to be agreed upon now. I don't know that they have a choice True. to bake it into the annual dues. Yeah. And there is a difference, though, with Grand Cal that you do have to consider, although Grand Cal still has the, the better end of the deal. Paul and I are Grand Cal owners. We pay that tra- transient tax in our dues regardless where we're using those Grand Cal points. Right. So if we're using our points at Saratoga, we're still using, we're still paying those dues. We actually rented out 68 points last year. The renter doesn't have to pay when they check in. We paid those transient taxes already. So Grand Cal owners pay it no matter what. Whereas if you own Disneyland and you use those points somewhere else, you're not paying those transient taxes. If you're using them at Grand Floridian or, you know, Polynesian, you're only using them when you stay. And then, and then the flip side, if we go and stay with Animal Kingdom points, we have to pay those taxes too um, at Disneyland. So it's a, it's a whole different system. And I don't know that, I don't know that DVC had an option of, you know, yeah. How it worked. And let's talk about the impact this has had on Grand Californian sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at DVC resale market <laughs> site right now. Absolutely no. I, Zero. For weeks, there are no. Well, there have been, but they sell within like seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah. Right now, there are no Grand Californian contracts available for sale. 
Um, and these aren't cheap. No. What are they going for a point now? So the range is like 250s to 270s. However, we'll probably see that creep up to mm-hmm. like the high 200s, maybe low 300s, just because, again, supply and demand. And why do you think, what do you think the reason is that there's now a demand for these? I mean, Grand Cal's always been popular. Yeah. But why do you think this level of demand now? Oh, it's, We've always had it, but I think it calmed down. So if you look over the last like two years... It's always hard to keep Grand Cal on the site. However, the last six to eight months, we've had an, like an influx of inventory because it's not moving as fast because everyone was waiting. They're like, I'm waiting for the tower. I'm waiting for the mm-hmm. tower to compare. And then people compared and said, okay, I got what I needed to know. And this is the decision I'm making. So yeah. it got everybody off of the fence. Now, some people probably went the tower route. But if you take all those people waiting on the fence, you just had an influx of demand for Grand Cal. Great. Yep. Crank House still just has that intimate feel to yeah. it, too. Yeah. I mean, that w- that's exactly what we did. You know, originally, Amy really wanted to buy in at the new Disneyland Hotel Tower, but we went, we stayed at Grand Cow. We loved it so much that we were like, maybe having these points will be better and, and we'll enjoy being a little bit closer and enjoy being right there for that stay. Um, a lot of this news broke near the end of April, and I think the impact that that's had on average DVC resale prices is profound already, too. So um, in March... March of 2023, the average resale price was 246 per point for Grand Cow. That's already shot up in April. So the total for April, 257 per point. Wow. And I think it's just getting mm-hmm. started in terms of that upward ramp. And, you know, as you said, Marissa, it, it has been as high as 300 a point. Um, and so I think it's going to begin to creep back up near that level because people are seeing the uh, mm-hmm. um, seeing the, the demand. And we had someone on DVC Fan that actually ran the numbers compared to buying Grand Cal now via resale versus buying a new Disneyland hotel contract. And Grand Cal, in a lot of those situations, I'm pretty sure actually won out in terms yeah, of being a better value really, as mm-hmm. compared to buying a new contract. And that's taking into consideration an unknown, which is yeah. how much are dues going to go up? You know, we can estimate that. How much is the transient tax going to go up? You know, is uh, is Anaheim and Disneyland always going to play along and be friendly <laughs> from now on? Uh, or is there going to be right. something that happens and that tax gets uh, increased again? Yeah. So a lot of unknowns in that calculation, but it, it yeah. says and good I, things for Grand And Cal. I do want to give a shout out to Ryan who did that. Yep. Um, Ryan is Chung, I think. Um, if you go over on DVC Fan, he actually did the math. He has a spreadsheet um, and it shows We're talking the website or the Facebook group? He did it in the Facebook group. group. Yeah. So, and I believe anytime you post a file, it it ends up in maybe in the files, Mm -hmm. uh, in the group. So if you go to group, you go to files. Uh, but he did break it down, and I believe he said that um, within X amount of years, you know, you can obviously see that Grand Cal does win out in terms of value, um, even at the higher price per point. But a couple other things about Grand Cal are you cannot buy it directly no. right now. They are not selling it at all. And so resale is your only option. And then, you know, just what Marissa said is exactly what we're seeing on social media, on Disboards, on DVC fan. Um, and with with Monero, with people who are, are looking to buy, a lot of people were waiting to see what happened with that tower. Yeah. And as soon as they found out about those transient taxes, they were like, nope, I want to go to Grand Cal now. I want Grand Cal. I've been waiting. I've been saving for this contract. I want Disneyland points, but now I want them to be a Grand Cal. And one more point, too, when you start to like look at those comparisons, right? I think one thing that a lot of people don't compare is let's say 10 years from now, you're like, I'm out. I'm done. 
which one's going to be the easiest one to sell to and yeah. where does that value lie? And Grand Cal has always been that highest demanded DVC location. So you have to calculate that in too to say, will Grand Cal increase here and where will Disneyland Tower increase? And what does that mm-hmm. look like if I ever need to recoup that investment? We've not even talked, but you know, resale restrictions. Yeah. So no, that's going to bring that, that up. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, that's going to be mm-hmm. a big impact on Disneyland Hotel long term. We've seen what it's done to Riviera in terms of where it takes the, the resale price. So I imagine that we'll see a similar thing, probably a little bit higher given the allure of Disneyland and what we've seen with Grand Cal over time. But I have to imagine the resale restriction will negatively impact it over time as well. Yeah, because I'm looking at Riviera resales right now. You're talking, you know, depending on the point size, uh, 136, 133, 145, not what you would expect for a new resort. um, But that's because of the resale restriction. So... For those who don't know, uh, with any new DVC properties like the Disneyland Hotel, uh, if you buy there and you sell that contract, the person buy- if you buy there direct, you can use those points anywhere. But if you resell it, the person buying it can only use those points at Disneyland Hotel. Same thing exists for Riviera. Um, so that has had the effect of somewhat depressing prices, resale prices on these, which is why Disney did it. That's what what they were trying to do was depress the resale prices. Um, And, you know, to some degree it worked, not to the degree we originally thought, Mm because we were thinking, you know, at one point, these were going to resell for like $80 a point. (laughs) Um, Doomsday. (laughs) But that hasn't, that hasn't materialized. That has not materialized. Um, but still, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about a pretty depressed price on Riviera. Yeah. So whether or not the Disney, you know, because, you know, people that bought into what was great when they offered originally offered Grand Cal, what was it a point? So they offered it with incentives and you could get it into the low 90s per point. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So imagine that when they first started selling <laughs> Grand California. You're talking low 90s. And then your sales agent got an iPad. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And now on resale, you're looking at, you know, 250, 260, 270, sometimes $300 a point. Mm -hmm. Now, with these resale restrictions at Disneyland Hotel, I doubt very seriously we're going to see that kind of appreciation on these. Which is exactly what DVC wanted. Yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what DVC wanted. So very interesting. See, now you're booked. You booked a cash room. We did book a cash room. Uh, we will try our best to book with points when the general registration window opens, which is not until sometime in July, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, July 27th to be in. Yeah. To so be we exact. will try. To so get we will try. Points. But, but we did book the cash room just to make sure we get out there, see the tower when it first opens. And, and we're definitely excited to experience that. But, um, yeah, we we'll use points if we can. <laughs> Opening night, inflated prices. Yeah. Oh. They were, yeah. What were you paying? Nine something. For what? A, I think it's a preferred view deluxe studio. Yep. For a studio, was mm-hmm. $900 a night? The, yeah. The four-person sleep one. But yes, not not the <laughs> not smaller, the tower not, not the smaller. <laughs> Still, Duo I think yeah. it was inflated for opening night. A lot of you know, a lot of it, which is, and then this shows you like the value of of points because yeah. the if you look at the point charts, it's 
a lot less. <laughs> yeah, and, and this goes back to why they're doing those magical beginning offerings, because they know that as long as this tower is new, it's going to be the shiny object at Disneyland, and mm-hmm. so they're going to be able to sell it at an inflatable point That's cost. That's what I was going to say. They can go ahead and just take those cash rooms. Give yeah. us your points back, because yeah. we'll charge you $900 a night. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy, though. Like, when I look back to when I started with DVC Directly in 2014, at the time we had just launched the Grand Floridian, and then Polynesian was soon to come. And at that point, there were no incentives zero like not one dollar off and that was the first time they had flipped to that model so it's crazy and we had so much demand then and we were like at peak of sales so it's crazy to see that shift and change and now you're taking a property that should be your most demanded property in the dvc collection and you're offering such significant discounts which blows my mind yep yeah it's um now when this opens up to general I'll ask you this, Marissa, since you worked as a DVC guy directly. Yeah. Um, when this opens up for general sales, how do you think this is going to sell? I think it'll sell better in general sales than it will for members. I think your members are going to be your most educated guests. And so on the Disneyland side, as long as – and they've shifted their whole team out there. So they're going to be a lot more aggressive in their sales approach than they were in, like, the Grand Cal era. And so as long as they can reach that demand, I think the biggest change, though, is how are you marketing it in the parks? And I know they've pulled back a lot on that. So I think at, like, Disneyland and the West Coast, they're going to have to do a really strong job of marketing that in the parks. I don't think your normal, like, everyday DVC new beginner guest is going to go and know – all the back end of like Grand Cal versus Disneyland Tower versus Transient Tax. They're just going to be excited about the Disney Vacation Club side and something West Coast. Right. So if they market it well, it should do better than I think the member early sale. No, we'll There's say. an if though. <laughs> it's a big if. It's a big if. Um, all right. Let's, because we have other things we need to talk about. Uh, namely, uh, the kind of out of left field <laughs> announcement that DBC is taking over the cabins at Fort Wilderness and will be demolishing them, yeah, and putting in new ones that will be a DBC property. Um, three hundred and fifty new cabins, comprising uh, seven hundred and fifty acres. At Fort Wilderness. Now, there were very, uh, very distinct responses to this. Yeah. (laughs) On the DVC side, DVC members loved it. They loved it. Overwhelmingly, they were like, hey, just take my money. Um, Whereas non-DVC members (laughs) are furious. Now, you got to keep in mind that the cabins were considered, are considered, uh, a moderate resort. Mm-hmm. And they were priced the way a moderate resort would be priced. Now, again, this is in Disney, you know, in, in the world of Disney, a moderate is, you know, $350 a night. Um, but, uh, you know, this was a real option for families. Uh, it had a full kitchen. You know, it slept, what, five people? Six, six, six or seven. Um, Because, yeah, you've got you've got four in the bedroom because you got the bunk beds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Two in the living room. Yeah, two in the living room. Six, six. Um, 
Now, all DBC properties are deluxe properties. So, as of right now, uh, I, so the assumption is going to be that these will be upgraded experiences, upgraded cabins, mm-hmm. upgraded amenities um, to make them quote unquote deluxe. Now, I have this thing in the back of my head, and I have for a long time. I have nothing to base it on at all. It's just a feeling, and I could absolutely be wrong. The other thing is this may be DVC's foray mm-hmm. into moderate resorts yep. because they are seeing the success they are having with adding DVC properties to existing resorts. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it at the Poly. Saw it at the Grant. See it at Beach Club. Is anybody going to tell me that uh, Coronado Springs isn't ripe for the picking? Oh, Especially the tower? Yeah, I hope it is. Especially the tower? And this could be their foray mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. Um, is DVC willing to depart from the talking point mm-hmm. that these are all deluxe resorts mm-hmm. and offer a product that is more moderate. And are, you know, would they offer that at a different price point? They would have to, they would have to, um, well, they don't have to do anything, but <laughs> you would assume yeah. that if they're, you know, if they're going to do mm. that, it would be offered a different price point. Cause we have no idea about any of the details with this, mm-hmm. Uh, with this Fort, with these Fort Wilderness cabins, so it could end up being, we'll know, we'll know immediately when they release, when they announce the price per point. Mm-hmm. If this price per point is considerably lower, yeah, I so I there's no real written rule out there that the DVC has to be deluxe, but that's and, just that's been a selling point. Yeah, it has been a selling point, but at the same time, you know, it's just it's a prepaid, it's a way to prepay for vacations, uh, but you know. Fort Wilderness is a great test into the moderate realm because, you know, I don't know that you necessarily have to lower the price per point, but the point charts can reflect a reasonable standard for, you know, like a moderate level. Um, But they can still be decent point charts because you every single cabin sleeps six people right these aren't deluxe studios um these aren't even one bedrooms Mm -hmm. because some one bedrooms are only four or five but you know you can sleep six people so i would expect these point charts to reflect you know what's coming in the future you can get you can sleep six for you know one bedroom points or you know what i mean especially when you look at the point charts of fort wilderness cabins um, in the Disney collection, which is that exchange program where you have to pay the extra $95 and, and they're usually very overinflated. Paul and I looked at them and they're actually very reasonable mm-hmm. when you compare them to one bedroom, you know, regular deluxe villas. So, so I think the point charts are going to really tell a lot. And then, you know, if, if we see them move into Coronado Springs, which is absolute dream of mine because I you know, Corno is one of our favorite resorts. Um, maybe, maybe it's not diminishing the product and lowering that price per point to buy in, but maybe the point charts at a moderate resort would be a little more reasonable than the point charts staying at like Grand Floridian or Polynesian. I don't know. That's the, just a thought. The one thing that I think about this is that 
they are going to have to sell hard to sell these because you think e- so even even me as a disney vacation club member i'm very excited to stay here mm-hmm. i don't know that i would buy here the cabins the fort wilderness cabins has a unique audience and they come all the time year after year mm-hmm. after year they always come back to those cabins and those are the people as you said you know they're angry about this decision the DVC guides are going to have to sell hard to yeah. those people in convincing them that they should buy 50 years of vacationing here. Now, it sounds like an easy sell, but they're going to have to get over the anger part of you took yeah. away our cabins first. Yeah. They and just made their target audience the most upset out of everyone. Like Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but DVC members, sure. The possibility exists yeah. that mm-hmm. they have just opened up a whole new market they didn't have before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is why they're doing this. They seem to feel that they are going to appeal to a market they don't currently have. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this may be a test bed. Yeah. For I mean, and it's the, it's the place that makes the most sense to do it. Yeah. This is a test bed mm-hmm. for can we get away with inching into moderate resorts? Um. And I personally think that's where it's going. I personally think that's where I'm, it's going. I'm oh, just yeah. really excited to see one of these things just roll down I-4 <laughs> because they're being prefabbed off-site. <laughs> so I'm just excited to be rolling down I-4 someday and seeing like a Fort Wilderness cabin going down on, right. on for the those, truck. And for those who don't, who don't realize, the cabins at Fort Wilderness are actually trailers. Mm-hmm. They're actually trailers. Right. They were built off-site and brought in. Um, and I assume that's what's going to happen here. Oh, you said 350 of them. Are I, there already 350 cabins? There are or more. Yeah. So yeah. There, yeah, there's more. I think when we looked, it was like somewhere around like 374 or something like that. Wow. So they said 350-ish, but they are taking all of the cabins. So yeah. um, I just didn't know there was that and many. And they don't actually demolish them. So last time, so this will be the second um, time they've replaced them that I can remember. You know, there might be more. But last time they actually took and sold them, mm-hmm. you could buy them for like $20,000 oh a goodness. piece. <laughs> yeah, so a bunch of them exist in this like camping park in Florida somewhere, a bunch of the old, the previous ones. So, you I'm know, gonna, that's gonna, something to look forward to. I'm going to convince Pete to put one in his backyard. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, uh, like I could fit in my backyard. My backyard. World of DVC but, will have cabins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but these cannot be like Harbor Creek cabin points. You know what I mean? No, like, right. Nobody no, no, would no, buy no. the resort if that's what it was. No, these are going to have to be comparable to like one bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, to make the argument. Yeah. So sure. we'll see. Um, all right. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, we're going to do this show as a two-parter. No because good. we're already at like, what? 32 minutes. 32 minutes, <sighs> which is, you know, kind of the outside I like these shows to go. So uh, next week, we will talk about uh, annual passes coming back for DVC members and uh, the 2024 DVC member cruises on sale on our next show. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DVC show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week.